tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired, a podcast about people who are tired and uh, ADHD. I'm Christina Warren. Um, right now, this is a great uh, episode for, uh, for for you to join us for because Mr. Brett Terpstra is very tired. He has not slept. Um, uh, Jeff Severns Gunzel is in Africa, so he's I don't even Prob- he's pro- probably, probably not tired. sleeping. Probably not sleeping. And and our guest Aaron oh, Dawson, God. you were you were hungover, which I think is like <laughs> very related to tired in many cases. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm like the only one, I guess, who who's not that tired. But that's unusual. It is unusual. Um, so anyway, th- this is our show. Welcome to Overtired, everyone. You do seem perky. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like perky, Christina. Perky Christina is a, is definitely better than like bitchy, like, <laughs> you know, like tired, hangry Christina for sure. Yeah. So Aaron, why are you hungover? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. I, um, <laughs> I have a one person metal band called genital shame I and I, <laughs> it's not all, always only me. I toured us and Canada with a full band, like less than a month ago. Uh, for which I took off work and it was great. And so I played like to a backing track uh, and afterwards, um, so I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Paris of Southwest PA. Everyone knows that. (laughs) And so I traveled to Morgantown where I went to college, uh, Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, And so afterwards, because you get drink tickets, right? Uh, Brett, you've played live shows. I don't know about you, Christina, but one of the great things about playing live is you get drink tickets. And so that's step zero, um, to my, my fate. Uh, and many drink tickets did you get? So you get six, one qualifies. That's a lot. That's pretty good. It's very generous. So one, and, and these are like full pours. Like they weren't like watering your shit down. Pretty, no, no, absolutely not. One gets you a PBR or similar. Two gets you pretty much everything else. For me, it's a Fernet and Coke. That's that's my nice. drink. What's nice. Fernet? That's a... It's a digestif. Okay. And it's not a French drink. It's an Italian liqueur. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, I've had Fernet. Yeah, that's it comes in like a special kind of bottle or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And after the show... Uh, went and saw a drag, um, sure, a drag show. So you know, gay bars, gay bars are great because the drinks are really bad and they're really overpriced, but they're Always. really cold. Like I'm looking for a. <laughs> You're really selling it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but drag. If you have there, no other reason fun. to go to a drag bar. Show up for these overpriced yeah. but very cold drinks. And I love the smell of bleach. Which I feel like what? most most gay bars feature, and my absolutely not researched uh, take on that is probably due to like after the during and after the AIDS crisis, um, gay bars get this um, reputation as a sort of den of not just iniquity but also for like virus. like disease. Yes, virus. And so if you make the senses, if the first impression is like, oh, clean, then you're more likely to feel comfortable. That's 
I have n- never heard anyone say that. I do not know if that is true. Um, yeah, but I love it. Maybe. I mean, that is great. I was going to say, I, cause when I would think of like the dinner of inequity with like the, the virus, I would think of, um, bathhouses, which incidentally there is one, like I can see it from my apartment. And, uh, that, that's, the that's steam what I think about. From, from all yeah. The basically, well, it, it, it is called Steamworks, and, and no, but oh. I, I can like, li- I can, I can literally see it from my, uh, from, from my apartment. Um, so that's what I always think. Um, is, uh, is that, but yeah, I think you might make a good point. And I have a feeling bathhouses too, is like mm-hmm. cleanliness would be the, the first thing that you would want to do in, in a place that feels like it's quasi legal as a concept, mm-hmm. just being mm-hmm. honest, like even putting the whole, like, you know, spreading the disease thing aside, it, it does feel weird that there's a place that you pay a cover and can basically just like fuck random people. Like in quasi it. public. I mean, I love I it like too. I'm right. just surprised that we were we were a country founded by Puritans. I, I am surprised that this is like a thing that has ever been legal in this country. That's all. Like, I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm just saying that that seems that seems like a very European thing. Doesn't seem like a super American thing. Totally true. Speaking of cleanliness, the hotel I stayed in last night. I've never seen this before. This hotel was a little fancy. They had the TV remote in a plastic bag. Oh yeah. Which yeah. makes me feel, I don't watch hotel TV usually sure. really. Um, but that makes me feel good. Keeping up with the illusion of no one has ever stayed here. You were the totally. first person to do that. We just got this out of the Amazon A3 box yep. or whatever. 100%. You. Do you think yeah. they changed the plastic bag? Cause if you don't You're change saying- the plastic bag, then it's the same as having a dirty remote. <laughs> I don't know. But this I, was that was a COVID thing that they started doing. Okay. The idea to me is the plastic bag tells you that someone has removed the remote, wiped yes. it down with one of those things you get when you eat wings. Yep. Disinfectant wipes, I guess they're called. You're like, you're <laughs> moist, a moist towelette. Yep. <laughs> moist, yep. moist towelette. Very moist, but not too moist because no, it's an electronic it's device. Enough. Yeah. And then you put it back in the bag. But you're saying maybe they just replace the bag and they don't worry about this i don't know wait so to use it you pull it out from the bag correct yeah so you're seeing the bag as like uh uh, a safety tab like a yes like something that was replaced that indicates that it had been cleaned it's telling you a story in my head you are using the pl- the remote through a plastic oh, bag. Oh no 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 no! I would no, that's do not that. how it works. I you, would. You do could, that. but that's not <laughs> what it's designed for. How, no, because I've seen these. No, because the the way it's designed is basically to. It was a COVID thing, and it's like because I never. I mean, it's possible people did it before COVID. I never saw it before COVID, and so I think the idea is to show that they have been to to Aaron's point took like the the disinfectant towelette like i'm not even going to say the one that you use for wings i'm going to say like the one that like it's not a makeup wipe but it's the one that has like some antiseptic on it like it's basically like isopropyl alcohol like on a little pad like it's the one that would come in the bag to clean your camera lens right Mm. like like it's one of those things and so they would use that they would wipe over the remote and then they would have a plastic bag which i'm sure is probably a one-time use thing that they would put it in put tape on it and then put it on the, um, uh, you know, armoire or whatever. So that when people come in, they're like, Oh, we've actually gone through the steps 
and clean this room. And for me, what would make me feel better about the cleanliness wouldn't even be the fact that like the, you know, remote is in the bag, but that they went through all those steps. Because if you went through all those steps, then to me, it's much more likely that you actually did like dust and vacuum and change the sheets and that I'm not sleeping on someone else's like, you know, bodily fluids. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you got, you got six drink tickets and (laughs) apparently it costs two tickets to get something other than shitty beer. So you start with a, a something in Coke. Fernet and Coke. Yes. And, and then what happens? The best usage of six drink tickets to me is two cocktails. Although I learned recently a Fernet and Coke doesn't even qualify as a cocktail because a cocktail requires three things to be a cocktail, much like in music, you need three notes to make a chord. Anything else is just an interval. (laughs) You need um, a spirit, you need a citrus component and you need a base. Anything else is just a mixed this. drink. I was going to say, okay. I, 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 I didn't know the exact like thing, but I would have described what you got not as a cocktail, but as a mixed drink. Mm-hmm. So, All mm-hmm. right. yeah. And then to me, I feel like this might say a lot about a person. Like, how would you spend six drink tickets? What is the biggest bang for the buck? For me, and this is how I would do it and how I did do it, two mixed drinks or two cocktails, mm-hmm. two PBRs. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. And then to the gay bar where I yep. get front front load, front load with the cocktails. Yep. Chase with the PBR and yep. then head to the gay bar. And this was my error, right? Because I mixed liquor, beer with liquor, and now I'm sicker. Because yeah. I uh-huh. went to the gay bar. You don't really drink beer at a gay bar. No, 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 no. You drink cocktails. Well, I was gonna say, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's when that's when you're drinking your your really overpriced cosmopolitans or vodka cranberries or whatever and screwdrivers screwdrivers yeah which are great or you know whatever uh, something citrusy for me it's usually like a a cranberry component and um and you find out that they they cost fifteen dollars and then at that point you're so drunk you don't care and you order five more um not that that's ever happened to me at gay bars before no. um and then that's completely happened to me. Um, and, uh, and you're just like, well, I don't care. I'm, I'm going to spend $90 more, on drinks. Yeah. That's right. And what's exactly. More, they had like the, um, scantily clad women with the yeah. little trays with yep. shots on them. The oh, shots yeah, are $5. Do, they taste oh, like yeah, an icicle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? At the gay bar? They had scantily clad women at the gay bar. Sure. Girl. Oh, yes. I must have grown up in a different era. It's a diver- very diverse. I was going to say at this point, gay bars are a lot more diverse. I, I yeah. but, but, and, and, uh, yeah, I used to be a shooter girl, actually. That's the only type of. What does uh, that mean? That that is those girls who sell the shots because how, what, how that works is that you pay $3 for the shots and then you can sell them for whatever you can sell them for. So it's a game of arbitrage. So uh. depending on, on like how hot you look and how good you are selling things depends on how much you make. And how you drunk ha- the customers are. Sure. Yes. Um, but but you have to sell, but you have to buy the entire tray up front. Mm. So like I have to pay 50 bucks or whatever up front and then I have to make, and then whatever profit I make, I keep. But Interesting. yeah. I so. had no idea. That is, I had no idea. This is, this is all news to me. My drink at 
gay bars. Actually, my drink at First Avenue, too. Like, I loved, I knew a girl who was a bartender at First Avenue, and she gave me my drinks for free. And what I would always order was a triple tequila sunrise. Oh my god, I can't drink a tequila at all. But <laughs> but uh, but a tequila sunrise is like peach. I don't even remember what all's in a tequila sunrise, but it's very fruity. It's very fruity. Yes, so. it is. Yeah, I, the, the, I do remember that. I just I can't I I cannot drink any tequila at all. Even the smell of it, I'm just like same. Huh. Nope. All right. Going back to the shooter girl arbitrage yes. thing, like it seems like the difficulty in that for me would be when to move on from engaging with a customer because yeah. you want to have a reputation of someone who's flirty, which is like half yes. the battle, I would assume. Yes. But it's in your best interest to keep those interactions you have to keep brief. It. Yes. So yeah, it's very diplomatic, probably. Totally. No, it is. It's a diplomatic thing. Thank you so much. Here you go. You know, move on to the next person. And then maybe if they, if they want to buy more, if they want to engage, fine. Like if sometimes like if somebody buys a whole tray, which will happen sometimes, they'll be like, I'll give you a hundred bucks, you know, so they're going to pay double or whatever. Okay. You know, st stand around and talk for a few minutes and then give them the tray. And then you'd be like, I've got to go get more, you know, whatever. See you, see you in a little bit. And then like, not you know um so yeah it, there, you're right there is like that level to it but but it totally depends and yes there will be people who will buy the whole tray you know for for them and their and their their boys or for themselves or whatever and you're just like hey i'm not the one who has to you know check any of that that's not on me um yeah at yeah that was at what age should you do this like 20 to 22 okay it was like a, it was like a, not a super frequent thing. It would be like a, an occasional kind of, um, but it's the kind of job you can just walk in and be like, I'm your, I'm your shot girl for the night. So my, my older sister worked in, um, uh, bars and stuff and, and she was actually a very good bartender. See, this is what I loved about it. I didn't have to be a bartender. I just sure. had to like look hot and be flirty and, and be good at arbitrage, which that is actually what I'm, I'm good at. Like I was good at the sales part. Um, and, and she needed somebody to help out. Basically one of her girlfriends, like probably got too drunk or something. And so she was like, literally like at her last end. And so she was like, I will call my baby sister. And I was like, I need some cash. It's the same way that I was a booth babe once, um, which was an awful experience, but Did you say I need some cash or I need some hash cash cash. Okay. Um, I, 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 yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't, I didn't do, <laughs> I didn't do drugs or anything then. Um, and, uh, it, yeah, but that was the exact same way that I was a booth, a, a booth babe once was because, um, one of Kelly's friends bitched out. And, uh, so I had to do a thing for a pharmaceutical company and I was like, the money was not worth it. And it was a lot of money. It was like, not like what the booth babes at CES and things like that would be paid. Like the pharmaceutical reps paid a lot more, but I was like, not, not into this. So I think usually you'd have to show up and probably like for to be, you do have to have a liquor license, um, to, uh, to, to be a shooter girl, but like, it's a one page form. Like it takes no time. Like it's literally nothing, but you don't have to mix any drinks. You're literally just buying shots and then selling them for a higher price, unless it's a really slow night or something's fucked. And then you could potentially have to sell them like lower and that's why that's why you're nice mm -hmm. to the guys who like will buy the full trays and it is always guys who buy the full trays like girls 
don't. I mean, they will buy stuff, but they won't. They they won't spend that type of money. I want right. side wanna... side side anecdote. Yes, I was at CES one year, and I was at a Nikon booth, and there were half dressed women uh-huh. on like a runway of yep. sorts, and one of them stops and goes, "Brett." <laughs> <laughs> I it turns out turns out I had a cousin who was a booth babe. <laughs> anyway, all right, back to the story. I feel like we haven't reached the, the so far so far we're at a couple cocktails and a couple PBRs, which for me that's I'm, I wake up the next morning I'm fine. So where do we go from here? I think the the real fatal error that I made was staying up until. 330. Sure. I mean, it's, it's that easy or that simple. Right. Um, and this was like my college town. I like went to grad school and everything. And so like, I You've been had to grad to... school. What degree do you have? Rhetoric, basically English. English. Uh, profes- you have a math professional. I have a math. Uh, yeah. I studied music for, uh, undergrad and I, here's, here's the, the program, right? English colon. Professional writing and editing. Um, <laughs> right. PWE. But I want to say something real quick about hash, about which I know nothing. I, <laughs> this is such an ADHD conversation. <laughs> well, I wanted to say it earlier, but you said the no, thing no, no, about no, please, please interject. catching yes. your cousin. Um, this is the stupidest <laughs> thing I'm about to say. Um, I want to get a rumor started that hash got that name as a drug because it gives you a similar dopamine rush as eating hash browns. Huh. I, you yeah, know I what? I, I could believe that. I could believe that. Because hash browns give me a lot of dopamine. Anyways. <laughs> I, I do to... love a hash brown. If, if, if hash were more like hash browns, I'd be more into hash. I'm not going to lie. This is what I'm saying. What do you call people who are addicted to hash? Hash Why? Google, hash why is it called hash? But to close the loop on this on this night out, I, I went to like the college pizza place and got some slices and then went to bed way too late. And that's you know. And then that's, that's when you like discover that like you're you're not actually 25 anymore. And, and yeah. Oh dear, yeah. That is true. Yeah, that that used to happen with me when I would go out with my interns and and I would be like I did it a few times and I was like still able to completely hang and they were all like 10 years younger than me. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm so cool. And then like, there was like one night when it, it, it did not at all. Like, I think, I think I puked in the cab. So I had to pay like oh, the $70 no. like, like cleanup fee, which, you know, whatever, like I'm not the first time that somebody's ever puked in a New York city cab, like probably not even For the first sure. time, but, that but day. My, you know, that day, exactly. <laughs> I was going to be like, I was like, you, you, you pay the fee, you're fine, whatever. Um, and, uh, better a cab than an Uber. Cause those, those fuckers are stingy from what I understand. But, um, you know, and the, so it was one of those scenarios. And then I was just like, so hung over the next day. And I was like, oh, wow, you are, you're actually not 22 anymore. Um, which was very depressing for me to have to come to that realization. But yeah, the, the late night going to the pizza place. Now, did that help with your hangover? Cause for me, it usually does depending on what time I stopped drinking, like depending on when I stop drinking, if I get food in my system, that usually does help with the hangover. It did. Absolutely. That's good. Absolutely. Good. Yes. Good girl. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm mm-hmm. proud of you for that because. Thank you. Thank you. There's nothing worse than that. It's easy to forget to eat. Yes. It and is. You wake up it is. Like, I never now, will do this again. 
yeah. Now I have like a very strict rule that I learned again from the uh, older sister who um, was like a a bad. Well, no, actually, these were very good life lessons. But like she taught me because I, um, especially back then, like didn't weigh a whole lot, and so even though I had like a pretty high tolerance, like there's a certain point when you're like you're just gonna throw up because it's just a it's just a body weight issue, and so I would have a thing like if I puked like before twelve then it's like a puke and rally. Like you continue to drink and you continue to go. But if it's like after 12, 1230, then it's like you've got to call it a night. Otherwise, you're going to have like the hangover from hell the next day. What rhymes with 12? Beer beer before liquor, never sicker. Puke be- before 12. Wake up. Okay. 12? What, SNL? What'd you say? Elf. Wake up elf. <laughs> wake up an elf. Look up an elf. You transformed. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but that that was uh, I, I was I was reminding my my sister um about that a few months ago about the the puke and rally, and she was like, "I did not teach you that." I'm like, "Yes, you did," and she was like, "Yes, I did." <laughs> puke before twelve into Wake darkness. You delve. Whoa. So no, okay. wait, because wait, puking before twelve is good. Yes, that's good. Oh, puke, puke before puke. 12 into health, you – I don't know. Fuck. Puke after 12 into darkness, you die. 12. That would be good. <laughs> okay, exactly. so I hate to interrupt this story. We got to do a sponsor break. Do it. Now that it's summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for sunny, active days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious Ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track reaching your goals. Too busy with summer plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, So all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then get back to the outside and soak up warm weather. They offer delicious flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles from keto to calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan and veggie meals. I assume that means you can order plant-based meals and add meat to it. Not sure. That that works for me. I'm a pescatarian. Yeah, like be good. I I eat mostly vegan, but I add fish. So so cool, cool. And and side note, uh, the factor meals I've gotten have been just great. Yeah, they were really um, good. Yeah, and and I ordered all vegan and veggie from them and was really impressed with the selection and the quality. Uh, like the fact that they're never frozen and you're not basically heating up a frozen dinner. But anyway, so choose from 34-plus chef-prepared, dietitian approved weekly options fe- featuring premium ingredients such as broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. 
Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons, including breakfast items like their delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Or, for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. Want to budget this month by cutting back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. And with Factor, you can rest assured that you're making a sustainable choice. They offer 100% of their delivery emissions to your door, source 100% of renewable energy for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Head to factormeals.com slash overtired50 and use the code OVERTIRED50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code OVERTIRED50 at factormeals.com slash OVERTIRED50 to get 50% off your first box. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I, I got through that. Okay, Were you so worried? Right Were you now. worried about me? I was a little bit, but no, I think I think you nailed it. And uh, thank you, Factor. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we appreciate sponsorships are lean right now. So sponsorships are real lean right now. See, we, we need, we need like, honestly, like if, if the sponsors were just willing to offer us drink tickets, like I'd be (laughs) get some PBRs, you know, two mixed drinks. Uh, But I do have to say, I think that you did like nail like the, the balance of how to get the most bang for your buck, like getting like two, two beers um, or like in my case, I would try to see like, would they, well, I guess this is the question. Would they give you a white claw? Like, could you get a white claw in, in, in exchange for PBR? I think so. I think so. Okay. Cause that's what I would do. I would do, I would do like two white claws, um, or, or another sorts of like, you know, like alcoholic seltzer and, and then, um, uh, two mixed drinks or, or cocktails. That is a, that's a great way to divvy it up. Just to close the loop on addictive substances and otherwise, why is it called hash? Did you figure that out, Brett? I did not. I looked up, I, I Googled, I ducked out code, uh, why is it called hash? And I got a bunch of stuff about hashtags and then hash one tables. about about why Hash-ish. like breakfast breakfast is called hash yeah i'm 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 trying to figure this out right now um to see like the uh, cuz i think that okay this is what i think that it is it's it's technically it's hashish and and it comes from um uh, north india and nepal have a long social tradition in the production of hashish um uh known as charas and then the the term hashish was used in a pamphlet published in Cairo in 1123 CE, accusing Nizari Muslims of being hashish eaters. And then that led to some other things. So I think that it was just I think it just has to be because it's a it's the shorter version. I think it's I think that's boring, but I think that's what it is. Is that an opioid thing or a uh, opium? flower th- like what i don't even know what it is sorry this it's is not is. what this podcast yeah, is is, is, oh. is weed that's there's an extraction process that turns it into like a concentrated yeah <laughs> i don't know that much about hash but yeah i was gonna say I'm like, I'm, weed. yeah i was gonna say i was like looking into this whole thing and uh 
Yeah. Okay. I let me just actually let me Google why is hashish. This is great radio. It is great radio. Um, I did find a short history. <laughs> that, uh, show notes. I, I, we're gonna link it in the show notes. You can read it. I'm not gonna read it on the air. But you, you, okay. We, you can read it in the show notes. But there's a sh- there is in fact a short history <laughs> sponsored by Narcanon. <laughs> so you know it's gonna be good. Where's everyone on this podcast stand on the great hash brown versus home fries debate? I'm kidding. Hash I don't browns. really want to talk about that. I mean, hash obviously, browns. I I'm do, sorry. But... I'm, I'm sorry. It's hash browns, and I think that anybody who says yeah. home fries, I, I, you, you're kicked out of the table. Wait, you're what not are allowed home to order... fries. What What does home fries mean? Is this? You know, you know, you know, they're like the you know home fries. They're like the little. Like... I don't. I'm I'm from Minnesota, and I've never heard of home fries. Okay, I've but, heard of hot dish. I know okay. what a casserole is. No, no, no. Home, home fries are like the like the potato. They're like the fries that ha- still have like the skins on the back and aren't no. really fries. They're like the potato kind of bits things, and then so the, they put them in the skillet. You dice a potato. Do people eat them for yeah. breakfast though? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Huh? Okay. Yeah, I can't. I can't weigh in on this because I've only ever had hash browns for breakfast. Yeah, I um. Yeah, I definitely – so, yeah, it's more like the diced potato stuff, but they still have the skins on them. We put them in a skillet usually with, like, oil and and some seasoning. I don't like them. And, in fact, when I get them at a breakfast place, I'm usually disappointed. I'm like, do I have – can I have another potato option? Because, to me, it's my least favorite potato preparation. Do you guys um, make your own hash browns? No. Have you ever made hash browns? No. It's difficult. You have to um, get a mandolin. Yep. And treat your potatoes that way and then get cheesecloth, rinse, uh, squeeze right. all the moisture that's, out of them. That's the thing. Tr- like you can just use a kitchen towel, but you like put them all in there. You roll it up and then you twist it from both ends. That learning that changed my hash brown game. Now I can make good hash browns. My dad makes good hash browns. My dad also makes home fries because they're easier to make. And I'm like, I don't want home fries. Um, my dad does make good hash browns, though, um, because he'll do. Um, uh, what is what is one of the what's the something in hash like meal like there's some sort of um, meat that goes with it <sighs> a breakfast skillet yeah no but it's some it's called something in hash um um but uh bangers and mash somethings in hash <laughs> but because because I think he uses some sort of like a even like I don't know if the, there's a canned meat in, in involved or or, or what, mm. but um, it, but my dad my dad makes that pretty well and um because he's a very good cook. But yeah, I'm not into home fries. I will say this: my favorite of all of them, if I have a real option at a breakfast place, which is rare to get this option, unfortunately. But if I can get like a a, a tater tot, like that's I love a tater tot. To me, that is tot food. That is toddler food, and I'm not above <laughs> eating food below my age class. Fair but breakfast, nah. Yeah, I. But I, I respect. Um, yeah, I no, I have the palate of a five year old, so it actually completely like matches me. <laughs> but like, no, I do. Um, I, I'm from the south, where like I'm literally from like the city where uh, Waffle House was born, Atlanta, and so mm. like, yeah, like I. I I love I love like a, a good like hash brown like especially like a scattered like like you know you, you order your your hash browns a certain way at Waffle House. Um, I was there earlier this month for uh, for a conference 
And we were waiting in line to get into a club that was where the official after party for this event was supposed to be. And it was a ridiculous line. And then they were charging a cover even for people who we paid like pretty expensive, like the conference tickets were pretty expensive. And we were in line for a while. And some of my friends were already inside. And I was like, how is it? And they're like, it's pretty shitty. So I was like, we're not going into this. And then I was trying to rally some people to go to a strip club, but that wasn't working out. And so long story short, we wound up at Waffle House and it was delightful. And I wasn't even drunk, which was the most impressive part, honestly. Yeah. I think that's the tagline. Waffle House, when your friends won't go to the strip club. Yeah. My plan to demean your nominally tech-based podcast with potato discourse and hangover discourse (laughs) is working. No, I we we love it. Like, look, we 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 were a Taylor Swift podcast for like four years, so this, oh, is, dear. this is fine. I I like that tagline too. Nominally, nominally a tech podcast. I like that. I like. I really like that. Actually, that's. I think that that we need to like put on the website. Someplace. Um, j- can I interject a little bit of tech, please? So, okay, I needed to test my applications on the beta OS. Uh huh. Yes. Um, and so this time I was not going to make the mistake of loading a beta OS on my main machine. So I set up a partition and I went to download the installer for Sonoma and somehow managed to <laughs> it never asked me what partition to install on like it never came up it oh, just God. fucking installed it so now i'm left with a machine that can no longer run anything um well it overall it's pretty good obviously all the rogue amiga apps are not working right um i'm doing okay we're recording this podcast on said machine um i could i could install um what was the last one Ventura. Then I could install Ventura on a partition and like boot into it if it were an emergency. Excuse me. It's but, an APF, it's an APFS volume. Excuse me. A container. Yes. Excuse me. It's an APFS container. Um yes. I, I don't care. I'm I'm making fun of the people who who <laughs> will will yell at you about that. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so so and it turns out marked my my primary commercial application. The direct version of it will not run as is on Sonoma. And I have been in uh, a Slack channel with like the best of the best Mac developers. We're talking Daniel Jalcut. We're talking Rich Siegel. Like yep. all these people are trying to help the me best. debug. Yes. Yeah. We're trying to debug this problem and we are getting nowhere. And it's bizarre because the Mac App Store version and the set app version of the same app using the same code don't crash. Uh, it's just very specific to the Paddle version, but compiling it without all of the framework specific to the Paddle version doesn't make any difference. It still crashes every fucking time, and I cannot figure it out. So that's that's my tech update. Uh, that sucks. I am so sorry. Um, although, I mean, I am glad that at least you like figured this out this early in the cycle. Yeah. Like that, that's the one kind of good news. Um, the bad news yeah. is because now they've, um, I think like made the betas basically like free for everybody from the yep. get go. 
is that you have more users who are installing this shit. Mm -hmm. And then I, I imagine, that you, especially like some of your user base, you're getting like support requests for things. And, and it's like. Not yet, but okay, it will happen. It will happen. If I don't solve this soon, it will happen. Which is annoying to me because I'm like, look, do not expect like people to have stuff supported before it officially comes out. You've chosen to install the beta. Like, fuck you for expecting anything to work. Like. It's one of the reasons why I don't install the betas on my phone anymore, like my primary phone anymore, because a lot of financial apps aren't updated until the very end, which makes complete sense. And I completely understand that. But then I'm just kind of like, well, you know, I, I need to use my banking apps. Um, or uh, actually how that switched was when I when I joined Microsoft, there were some things with our MDM solution, which I used, um, I was forced to use uh, on, on my phone that like... Um, would oftentimes not work in the betas. And I would be like, well, I can either get email on my phone, which is a pseudo requirement, or I can run the latest beta, but I can't do both. Um, so GitHub doesn't make me install an MDM on my phone. And so I won't. Um, but uh, yeah. 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 Well, I got to get to figure this out. I got a new Apple watch though. I finally... Ooh. You finally I had got like a, a got series. I had a series five and that's a big upgrade. And, and yeah, it had been working fine. So I hadn't considered upgrading it, but then the battery started to go. Um, I was having to charge more than once a day, which was for a watch. That's just untenable. So I figured it was time for an upgrade and I got the current what series eight. Is that what I have? I don't even know. Yeah. Series eight. Um, yeah. So, so, so you, you didn't get the ultra or whatever it's called. No. No, yeah, um, that thing is that thing is hideous in my opinion. I know some people love it, but I find it ridiculously ugly. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, well, oh, so here's I, the thing, I though. Watch, but nothing changed. It's all the same to me. No, totally. It's just your battery is going to work better and it'll yeah. last longer. Um, which is honestly, I think the best thing about the watch. And let me just say about the Apple Watch Ultra. The reason I think that it's ugly is because it's very clearly a men's watch. And uh -oh. I think that it is, it's a men's watch and, and it doesn't like work well on people who have small wrists like me, like me, a person who the smallest band is sometimes borderline too big. Um, so like when I wear that thing, some people are like, Oh, it kind of looks good oversized on your wrist. I'm like, mm, not really. Um, it's also sort of industrial looking and that's fine. I just, when I, when I saw them do the rollout last year, I was like, congratulations, you've given us a men's watch and like you notice that they have like no women like yeah photos sure. of, of them on it and uh and it's you know it's it's kind of a garmin sort of thing so I'm, I'm sure that it has great features for people who care about running and uh going underwater um that's that's not me speaking of underwater okay kind of macabre thought but because the submersible for the the Titanic, the 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 the, the Titan, the, the Ocean Gate submersible, because that thing apparently, like I guess it it exploded or or whatever, imploded, um, imploded, sorry, imploded um, during descent. Um, because that company was like shady as fuck, and they didn't have any of the basic safety precautions, which they were not required to have by law. And uh, James Cameron, who kept his mouth shut until it was confirmed that everybody was gone um, and then was giving hella interviews, which I think is the correct thing because everybody wanted to hear from him because he's weirdly like the foremost expert on this entire space, like probably in the world. 
no, he's like gone to the Mariana Trench. Like he's he yeah. did 33 dives Titanic. He designed his own submersible. Like he's actually a legit expert on this stuff. But but he smartly like waited until, you know, there was it was over to comment. Um, but he like pointed out all like the technical flaws they had. But they didn't have like a black box at all. Right. So yeah. so one of my friends, not gonna name her, Alex Kranz had like a really macabre thought, which was that the 19 year old totally had his phone out the whole time. So like the best chance of the black box would be what is, you know, realistically probably his iPhone. So she wanted me to text someone at Apple to find out like if the phone like could survive <laughs> some sort of implosion and it'd 6, be that far down. PSI, sure. Exactly. I was I was like, I don't think so. I was like, I but but I was like, but but I wanted to pose that question for for for, for the pod here. Like, do you think there's anything left of that phone? And do you think that like if they got it, that they could like recover anything? I'm just just throwing it out there, assuming that they actually, you know, had the ability, which we is completely unlikely, to, you know, go through the the wreckage and and whatnot do you think that if they were able to find anything with that phone that they'd be able to pull anything off of it yes and i don't even think they'd have to find any physical artifact of the phone let's say that they were able to have their own internet connectivity on the titan let's say if it's an icloud Hmm. because let's say you captured a video or something at the beginning or at the end, or at any part, I mean, that's probably an MOV file somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah, I I seriously doubt they had an internet connection yeah. at that yeah. point. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's the problem, is that they wouldn't have had any connectivity, because... They, they didn't not? even have radio at that point. Yeah, from, they didn't have... like, local source. The way they were communicating with, um, like, the, the ship up top was through, like, text messages. Because that's the only thing they could get through. At like the low SMS messages, not SMS, yeah. right? Yeah. But don't you you don't need internet connectivity for that? No, that's a different that 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 that's wireless. That's so, that's different. I mean, like okay, yeah, yeah. Like like you 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 could just have like the ability to send SMS and not the ability to access like the broader internet. Um, or like SOS. So sorry. I mean, <laughs> but no, but 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 that but that was sort of an interesting question because I was like, huh, like I wonder if you know what sort of conditions Apple test these things in. That just made me think of that with the watch because they're like, oh, you can go deep sea diving and whatnot, you know, with with the watch and all this and that, and and it's like, well, okay, well, is anything on that phone? Because there's even part like, of it. Yeah, I mean that be- that becomes. Um, that would be death pornography, for which there is like this weird underground snuff, snuff porn. Yeah, no, it's yeah. different. Yeah, it's, it's snuff, but yeah, it's different. But it's like it's like the um, Timothy Treadwell tape mm-hmm. that people like keep claiming that they found, but they haven't. Okay, so he was the guy in Grizzly Man, the 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 Werner Herzog documentary, which is great, by the way, about this guy who like was like this normie kind of hippie guy who decided that he wanted to live in the woods with bears and like make programming about how like he could basically like be friends with the bears and live amongst them. And so of course a bear killed him and his girlfriend, but he was a documentarian of himself. And so the attack was like caught on video, like not the video, but like on audio and, and Werner heard it 
and and he even told like the the guys like ex girlfriend like to this. partner yes he was like you must, you must never, never. <laughs> yes yes so for years this has been kind of like this like thing that people like gross people including myself i'm not going to lie that that was the first thing i googled when i saw a uh, grizzly man in 2007 i'm not proud of it but i am who i am does it exist no no right no cuz he thank God. she destroyed people, it right Oh uh, yeah, or, or yeah, she did, or he did, and and uh, but but people keep claiming, and so you'll find like fake like you know videos of, of people claiming to have the Timothy Trevor. And it's a Rickroll, oh, basically, is- or or something else. Yeah, yeah. That documentary is really good. I kept I actually I was thinking of that documentary a lot this whole week. I was like, ooh, because I was like. And I know this is dark too, but I was like, okay, somebody's going to need to do like the the mini series or the documentary or oh, yeah. the whatever about this whole disaster and this whole thing, you know, like someone needs to do the into thin air um, of this. And um, I was trying to think, I was like, okay, who do we want directing this? And, and we were like, do we want it to be like Michael Bay, you know, Paul Greengrass? Like I, I, I think Peter Berg did a really good job with um, he's uh, with, one of the the disaster things um james cameron has too many avatars to make and and frankly better things to do but i was like ooh, i kind of want a, a Werner herzog like documentary mm-hmm. uh about like this whole thing and so we were just talking before the show i i just watched that um that film reality about reality winner and the whistleblower kind of mm-hmm. 2017 thing um so, so one thing that did was like, okay, so that's like six years removed. We have some perspective on it. I don't know where I was going with that, but where I'm going with this is that there will be in six years when this miniseries mm-hmm. comes out, the perspective we'll have was that maybe billionaires are bad. But I mean, that's the perspective we have now. And it will be a class take in the same way that White Lotus is a class right a commentary in the same way that triangle of sadness is a is a class commentary there yeah. are so many like properties with like you know fuck fuck billionaires and yes yeah. who can't get behind that um no i, I agree well it, yeah yeah well i was gonna say so, that, so, that was yeah. so go on go on it's just this story i was i had the new york times like live mm-hmm. updates tab open all day and I found I found myself maybe like you, Christina, like really attracted, like fatally attracted um, to the developments here because there are so many, um, there's so many things tied up here. There is class. Yes. There is um, the the guy who thinks he can be better than the certification of an entire yeah, industry. The there's hub- yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Um, there's the innocent son. There's yeah. the experienced French guy. Like there's yeah. so much there, to there's work also, with. There's also the entire, like James Cameron kept pointing out when he finally started doing his media interviews, like the parallels between this and the Titanic. And then there's the appeal of the lore of the Titanic, which obviously is why people paid the money to do these things to begin with, which continues to endure 110 years after it's sinking and, and be one of those things that is just, I was fascinated by Titanic from the time I learned about it. And, and, um, you know, as a little, little kid and, and that continues, you should read the book if you haven't read it. Um, I, I've, 
it, it's called Into Thin Air. It's uh, 1996, about the 1996 Everest disaster. It preceded every single thing that we've seen both here and in kind of um, extreme mountaineering where it didn't get any better after his book um, and, and in a lot of these other things. Because what happened in, in 96 was this was at the kind of the beginning of the, the so-called kind of um, like um, uh, adventure tourism um, market where rich people would basically pay Sherpas and, and other people to walk them up these these great peaks and, and would pay a lot of money to do it. And um, John Krakauer, who um, is a journalist and an author, but also a very accomplished um, uh, climber himself, was offered a spot on one of the the two big commercial expedition teams um, to to kind of do a profile of things for for Outside Magazine and his whole thing he was like I'm not just going to write about this and, and and do it on base camp if I'm going to do this I'm going to actually climb the mountain and and his his book which he wrote literally when he came back and he he didn't he made it up the mountain he made it back down he lived but both of those um, team leaders from from those big exhibition teams died along with a, a number of um, the the participants. And and some other people were like basically left for dead, and and because uh, uh, like a basically a hurricane happened on top of Mount Everest, and it was a massive avalanche, and it, there there's an IMAX film about it. It was it was a it was a big fucking deal. They tried That's... to rescue the people. It was, it was an awful situation, and because he's an incredible writer, like he wrote this very very raw book. Um, at first, it started out as an outside magazine piece, and I think they gave him the entire issue. And then he expanded that into a book and it's, it's incredibly raw and, and incredibly, I think, um, uh, it's very, very pointedly judgmental of the, um, entire like for-profit industry and the fact that people who don't have the skills or the technique or like the ability are being carried up these mountains. And, and he wrote that in 1996, it came out at the end of 96, 27 years later, the whole Everest thing has only gotten bigger and worse and 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 the commercialization of that mountain has only caused John more disasters. piece on that yeah. is so good yeah it is yes. and 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 so and then you see it in other areas and like what's interesting about the titanic thing was that all of the science scientific reasons to go down there have been exhausted like they they took a 3d model i think last last year that they went down there so they literally have like a perfect like um, you know, visualization of what everything is in the rec site. And so this was the only tourism outlet left. And then this was a pretty shoddy one. They were charging a lot of money, but they weren't profitable. And, and they didn't follow a lot of the other procedures, the, a lot of the other submersibles follow for, for tourism things. And then as, as James Cameron and other people were pointing out, like the location of where the wreck is, is a really, really difficult location. There's a lot of debris. The weather's really bad. Like it's not where you want to go on these things. And so there are like all these warning signs. But what I fear is that in six years, when this mini series and these books and things come out, is that you will have another rich guy who will be convinced that he can go down and see two wrecks and it you know? will be a guy uh, of course of so. course <laughs> and 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 that you will have like another wave of this like unfortunately i wish that this would lead to maybe less of these things but i think just like into thin air uh ironically maybe like led to a much greater like cultural understanding of the fact that oh you mean i can just pay someone to walk me up these these tall mountains that more people are going to be aware that, oh, yeah, you mean I can just pay someone to, to take me into the depths of the ocean? 
Rich guys want to penetrate. Rich guys want to penetrate outer space with their Bezos uh, yep. dick phallic, rocket. Very phallic rockets, yes. Yep. And and rich men want to penetrate the sea. Here's a hash thought, shower thought. Okay, this is a sort of, sort of modern Icarus myth where instead of getting too close to the sun, your wings melting, ah, help me, to the ground... We are getting a little too close the other direction. And our things are imploding. I don't know. I'm still working on it. but No, I, I, yeah. I get where you're going. No, but I think you, you bring up a great point, the parallels with, with space tourism. What's interesting there, I think that the, the space tourism is weirdly, I think, a little safer just because the cost of entry is so much higher because we did so many – we invested so many billions or probably close to trillions of dollars in the space race in 40 years that the only people who can get into that space, like there's a much higher barrier to entry, like the, the Stockton rush, the third guy, like he, he was not a, he was rich, but he wasn't like Bezos rich. Right. And it was clear because this thing was controlled by like a Logitech gamepad and, and was built in a shitty way. Right. Like an actual money person who builds a submersible would be what James Cameron built for his, you know, he he did not do that. And so you had these rich people who just, I think to your point, like they think that they like know it all and, and they can just kind of in run the whole thing and it's going to be fine and don't aren't doing due diligence makes it really unsafe. Whereas bizarrely, as as bad as I think, and I think we will have disasters in, in space tourism as we have with all space exploration. I, I almost think that like the the barrier to entry to like even get into that space is so high that like the the good thing for now at least is that you don't have as many like hucksters because the, you yeah you'd have to have so much money to even get something in the in the air you know what i mean yeah and the last thing i'll say about this is the last I don't know, the 2010s had a lot of prestige television like this where you're rooting for a complicated protagonist who is actually in this universe, a very clear antagonist. Um, with these kinds of episodes, like uh, what was the the like submarine getting lost in, in Thailand or whatever mm-hmm. that was? Um, no, that that's not actually what I'm talking about. I this This kind of like... There's something, they're on the precipice of life and death, and you can root for either one. Kind of fairly is the same kind of anti, I'm rooting for an anti-hero. What does that say about me? And rooting for the just desserts of someone who has this much hubris is a similarly complicated emotional situation where it's like, this is such an ugly feeling. I like fuck your video game controller. Who do you think you are? Totally. You get this. You deserve this. But it's like, oh my god, it's a human life, you monster. Totally, it's a bunch of human lives. So and it's just like because, just because they're rich assholes monster. doesn't mean they deserve to die. You know, like the, the ones I felt bad for was like the French like explorer and tour guide yeah. who probably should have known better, yeah. but yeah. you know, it wasn't paid right? a lot. Um, and and then um, like like the night by Bill role. Murray, yeah. You know, like, right, yeah, right. totally. Yeah, you're right. Totally play, could totally be played by Bill Murray. And like the 19 year old who's just going on a thing with his dad and is not thinking anything else, right? Yeah. Like, I don't care about the billionaire. I don't care about the, the Pakistani um, businessman. I don't care about the, you know, uh, founder, but like the, 
the the French explorer and guide and who again like you know was not paid well and um the the, the teenager I mean I feel bad for everybody dying like we'd all we'd all had yeah. hope like so right so like yeah I'm I'm more ambivalent towards the billionaire the millionaires um but like it's all human life and if you were like they knew the risks and they still brought the kid they still endangered the life of the tour guide uh or whatever you want to the the diver yeah the expert. um and and it sucks like as much as I want to be like, okay, so billionaires made a mistake, whatever it it is, what it is, it is there. There's human life cost, and yes. that that does that does weigh on me. No, you know totally. What the worst part part of this is is they littered. <laughs> that's at the bottom of the. That's on the earth. That's metal. That's not supposed to be there. <laughs> Sorry. I would I'm say that I would say the same about most of our space exploration. Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. Our <laughs> sky is littered. Um, we should so Aaron, I didn't give you a heads up about gratitude. Have you listened to enough episodes to know what gratitude is? I failed to do that. I'm sorry. That's fine. Yeah. So so you can sit this out. What we do is we pick an app or a service or it's pretty flexible um, that we're really into right now. Um, usually an indie thing doesn't have and to be. Uh, it doesn't have to be. I think fucking last week, Jeff picked Google Docs. Yeah. So um, I have one. I have one. It's pretty oh, wide open. One? All awesome. right. Awesome. Um, Christina, are you prepared for this? I am not. So if you guys want to go first, I will. I'm 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 trying to figure out what I want to choose. All right. Week. Well, I will kick it off. I'm picking Launch Bar this week. I can't remember if I've talked about Launch Bar before. Yeah, um, but talk about a, it again because it's great. It's a controversial pick because there are so many great launchers. Yeah. But when I think about what do I use most every day? It's like text expander and launch bar and it's how I get to everything. Um, so it's a pretty simple pick. And if we've covered it before and I'm just forgetting, then we don't have to go into depth on it. Uh, but I, mean, I think we have, but, but, I, but we have, I think, but, but it's worth talking about again, because as you mentioned, there are like a ton of them there. There's Raycast, there's Alfred, obviously spotlight there's some other things and it's been interesting there's been sort of a resurgence in the last couple of years well, and in spotlight these, in these has picked up yeah. spotlight has picked up so much functionality from its early days from its from its um what was the what did they sherlock to make spotlight what uh, was that called quicksilver no no there was something on like os9 Oh, Sherlock. I mean, was it sure? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's where the term Sherlock came from. That's literally from, where the term Sherlock came they from. They Sherlock, Watson. Sherlock. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. Watson, Sherlock, yeah. Um, yeah, but Spotlight has come a long way, and, like, it has awesome, like, serious suggestions, preview capabilities, all of that, but I still, I still default to Launch Bar. 
and yeah. I was a quick, I was a quick silver guy. Uh, when were. Launch Bar came out, and I made the transition because Quicksilver didn't seem like it had um, active development going on at that point, and it kind of it they they released a new version. What was it like last year? Yeah, of Quicksilver. Yeah, uh, yeah they finally released a new, a new version of of Quicksilver. And then, um, but what I was going to say about um, uh, Launch Bar is that I've actually found like there's um, um, a, a guy um, who I think were mutuals on on either Blue Sky or on um, Macedon who has like a, a whole GitHub repo of all of his um, Launch Bar actions, and um, so which, which are really good. So he's got things like. Um, doing a Jira search, uh, doing action updates, you know, doing things like from, from caffeinate, expanding URLs, sharing files, sharing Safari links, switching audio, all kinds of stuff. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put his, his links, um, in, in the show notes for people who want to add things. Cause my only critique of launch bar has been, cause I like launch bar a lot, but my only critique has been that, um, and, and then there's another guy, uh, this is a different one. Christian Bender was the one I was thinking of. Uh, so the other mm. guy uh, has has contributed to his um, thing, but, but Christian Bender is who I was actually thinking of. And uh, he also has a website. Um, and uh, and he's got like tons and tons and tons of, of um, Launch Bar stuff. But my only critique of Launch Bar over the years, because I've always liked it, has been that the community has not been quite as robust as as like Alfred or, or now Raycast. Yes. And and that's 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 made me sad because I think it's in many ways a superior designed app. Yeah, the Alfred community has been outstanding. Like yeah. the the number of plugins and extensions people have developed. Um like people make launch bar extensions, but they don't have the general like they don't collect the community the way that Alfred does. Anyway. Yeah. All right, I've got one, but but Aaron, if you have a thing you would like to share, um, uh, guess first, please. Sure thing, and this can be really quick because I just found out about this app before leaving for my show the other night, um, and and so maybe I have two. So I have Keyboard Maestro, fifteen years late, finally. <laughs> keyboard Maestro, awesome, um, love it so much already. Uh, but the app that came to mind was. Again, I have not played with it really, but I'm glad it exists. Service Station. What? You know about this? No. Yeah, so the the idea is that um, you, with Service Station, you get to customize your right click menu based on the type of file you're clicking. Kind of like a PC, like a PC when Windows. It's a little yeah. smarter about what kind of files you, you're working with. So I work for example, with logic a lot. And mm -hmm. so I can now right-click a file and be like, yes, open with logic, put that at the top of the list. Um, and you could do a lot with it. But that's that's kind of my draw to it. Again, I haven't played with it, but I'm just really happy it exists. It looks to be pretty legit. Um, so yeah, service Yeah, I just, it's on the Mac App Store. I just found this. Mm -hmm. That nice. is That is nice, yes. My my right click menu is a mess. I might check this out. Yeah, I was gonna say my right click menu is definitely a mess. So I like this a lot. Um, 
Very cool. Okay. My pick is IA Presenter, um, which is very similar to another. So it's basically a markdown kind of based um, presentation app from the people who made IA Writer. And um, so if you go to IA.net, it's, it's, a, it's a paid app. It's a kind of a subscription right now. Actually, you can do it two ways. You can buy it like a one-time thing just for Mac. Um, or you can get a subscription, which is a little bit cheaper over time, and they're they're promising an iOS app. And um, but but it's Mac only right now, and it's basically it's very similar to um, what was the um, uh, what was it called uh, Deskmate? What was the the Markdown um, presentation app that we used to use? Uh, Brett. Oh oh um, something Deck. Um, yeah, yes. Um, um, Deckmate. Deck. Uh, deck set. S- Dexet, that's it. Okay, it's similar to Dexet, but I do think that it is. And a, what's it called again? It, it's called IA Presenter, and it's from the same people who do IA Writer. So, um, it is a, uh, it's at ia.net. Um, it's it, they've got like a monthly or, or, or a yearly kind of uh, subscription. You can also do a one-time purchase. Um, but but like I said, the subscription um, is going to also include uh, an iOS app, which they promise is, is coming. Um, you can try it out first. I, um, I think I I'm doing the subscription right now, I believe, but it's, um, it's really, really good. It's basically like a way to, you know, do presentations, um, really beautiful, like looking, you know, kind of text in, um, presentations using Markdown and, um, other tools. They've got a theming engine and, um, it's, uh, it's really, really nice. So that nice. that's that that's what I've been uh, doing. I, I'm looking forward to giving a talk using this. I usually have to, um, so, well, it, it actually varies. Sometimes I have to like give a give presentations using a certain theme. But now that um, the fonts that we use at GitHub are actually open source, like we open sourced our our branding fonts, um, it makes it easier for me in terms of like packaging stuff that I would want to do because I could just put the, cu- the 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 font file there and I wouldn't have to like remember like the what Dropbox or, or Google Drive thing it's on. Like if, if I don't have it downloaded on a machine, I can just, you know, go to a website and download it. So I think this will make it um, easier for me to recreate some of the, um, I guess, I guess stylistic things that I need to do yeah. at, at work using this style. So I can, you know, kind of have like a, a set uh, way of doing things um, that still are like brand appropriate, but are easier for my own um, working uh, process. Uh, but I really like their, their speakers view, which is like more like a teleprompter yeah. and that has like, gives you, you know, like clear, like dialogue, um, cues and, and, and whatnot, which I really like. So, um, I, yeah, I've been playing with this, uh, for a, a couple weeks now and, um, it's it's fairly new and I I like it a lot. So yeah, it's um, really good. I, yeah, so IA Presenter they've got a free trial. Um, IA Writer was, was an app that I've, I've, I haven't used it in a long time, but I I have bought it um, over the years and I've really really liked it. Sure. And and so um, I very much appreciate their attention to to detail for design stuff. So Dexet is still great. Um, it hasn't been updated in a long time. Um, they, I mean, they put out um bug fixes but right yeah it's not it's not advancing in any significant way right so so for me like if i were to invest like net new in one like i'd probably start here but yeah this looks really good 
and you can use i i writer has this uh block you can include things like images and csv files or whatever just by starting a line with a slash yes and then following it with a path to the asset yep Um, this works the exact same way yep yep and that's cool that i actually incorporated that into mart um, like you can include other markdown files or images. And if you include like a CSV, it injects it as a markdown table. And if you include source code, it injects it as highlighted, uh, like syntax highlighted code. Like I got that from IA Writer. They've had some some good innovations. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Well. We're at like a, an hour 10. I think that's an episode. That's a great episode. Good job, people. Good job. Everybody can get some sleep. Erin uh, can um, continue to soothe her hangover. Brett can hopefully get some sleep because he, he was, yeah. he was uh, uh, up all night. And um, I can hopefully uh, maybe be productive today, which would be great. Awesome. Thanks for being here, Erin. Thank you, Erin. Happy Goodbye. Pride. Thanks Happy for Pride, having. everyone. Happy Pride. Get some sleep. The system is going down low. Hey there, good people. Before you go, we have a bunch of new places where you can interact with us. Please check out our Instagram feed, our YouTube channel, Twitter, of course, and sign up for the Overtired newsletter, which will sort of pick up where the show leaves off with expanded show notes, uh, a little bit of what the three of us get up to between episodes. And let's face it, there'll be some musings. How can you resist musings? You'll find details for all the ways to interact with us in the show notes and at overtired.com. And thank you, thank you, thank you, as always, for listening.